It's Monday, April the 27th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Trump cancels daily briefings and Europe eases lockdowns. First, the world in brief. Apparently sulking over the impudent reaction to his unorthodox medical ideas, President Donald Trump cancelled his rambling daily press briefings about the coronavirus. He tweeted that lamestream media asks nothing but hostile questions and then refuses to report the truth or facts accurately. The press had expressed incredulity at the explanation that his remarks last week about injecting disinfectant were sarcastic. Not sulking, but perhaps feeling poorly, Mr Trump's friend Kim Jong-un, dictator of North Korea, has not been seen for a fortnight and even missed a birthday extravaganza for his late grandfather, Kim Il-sung, on April 15th. Amid the usual rumours that he has been sick or died, the South Korean government insisted he was alive and well. Children in Spain were allowed briefly to leave their homes for the first time in six weeks. The French and Italian governments will also this week announce plans to phase out their lockdowns. Germany, which has had more success in containing the outbreak than some other countries, began reopening shops last week. It plans to reopen schools early next month. Boeing announced that it is pulling out of a proposed joint venture with Umbrea agreed on two years ago. The American aerospace giant claimed that Umbrea did not satisfy the necessary conditions. The Brazilian firm hit back, accusing Boeing of manufacturing false claims as a pretext to seek to avoid its commitments to pay Umbrea the $4.2 billion purchase price. The World Health Organization warned that there is no evidence that recovered COVID-19 patients cannot be reinfected and so governments should refrain from issuing immunity passports. Chile may become the first country to hand out such certificates, with an eye to loosening its lockdown. The WHO worries that the practice may encourage those who have recovered to ignore standard safety precautions. Britain's Prime Minister returns to work today after recovering from COVID-19. Boris Johnson is the world's most prominent political leader known to have definitely caught the virus. Over the weekend, the cumulative total number of people who have died of the disease in British hospitals passed 20,000. And Yemen's hydro-like civil war sprouted a new head as the Southern Transitional Council, separatist backed by the United Arab Emirates, declared self-rule in the port city of Aden. Yemen's official government warned of catastrophic consequences and asked Saudi Arabia to take decisive action on its behalf. Mayday. Boeing's shareholders meet. Eight years ago today, to enliven a television programme, a team of scientists deliberately crashed an unmanned Boeing 727 airliner into a Mexican desert. But as the American plane maker's shareholders gather online today for their annual meeting, a different disaster looms large, the company's finances. The price of Boeing's shares has fallen by two-thirds in a year. Its profits have been shredded by the grounding of the best-selling 737 MAX airliners last year after two crashed, and by the evaporation of demand for air travel because of COVID-19 lockdowns, and the problems continue to pile up. Over the weekend, Boeing cancelled a planned joint venture with Umbrea, purportedly because the Brazilian aerospace firm failed to meet conditions attached to the tie-up. Analysts worry that the real reason was that Boeing could no longer afford the $4.2 billion price tag. Boeing's first quarter results due on Wednesday will reveal more. Further bad news may be still to come. Masks on. Germany and COVID-19. From today, most of Germany's 16 states will force shoppers and commuters to wear face masks to reduce the spread of the virus as parts of public life start to reopen. Thanks in part to a high testing rate and a well-funded healthcare system, 
Germany has weathered the crisis better than countries like France and Italy. Yet its path towards normality is slow, tentative and entirely reversible. Cafes, bars, places of worship and most large shops remain closed until further notice, as do kindergartens and schools for most children, although state education ministers will on Wednesday offer some proposals to reopen them. Big events are cancelled until September at the earliest. Some have started to chafe at the restrictions. Angela Merkel will discuss the next steps with the state premiers on Thursday. The discussion may be tense. The Chancellor told Parliament last week that some states were relaxing their rules too briskly. Cabin fever. India's lockdown. Narendra Modi, India's Prime Minister, will today host a video conference with the chief ministers of many of the country's states to discuss how to ease a five-week-old nationwide lockdown. The harsh curbs on movement due to be relaxed on May 3rd have slowed the coronavirus's spread markedly and helped keep the official death toll below 1,000 in a population of 1.3 billion. But the economic cost has been heavy, with some 140 million people, a third of the workforce, losing their jobs. COVID-19 has spread unevenly. 40% of India's 736 districts have seen no cases at all, while densely packed Mumbai has been hit hard. And whereas some states, such as Kerala, have effectively contained the threat, others, such as Gujarat, are struggling. So states differ on how fast a return to normal they want. Many are also ruled by rival parties to Mr Modi's and resent being bossed around by the centre. Expect a tough conversation. Horsey business. Turkmenistan shuns social distancing. This weekend, the reclusive Central Asian country enjoyed a bit of festive fun in stark contrast to a mostly lockdown world. Cocking a snook at social distancing, crowds massed at racetracks to celebrate Horse Day, a national holiday adored by Gurbanguly Berdi Mukhamadov, the country's vainglorious despot. This was the latest sporting extravaganza staged by the Protector, as the President's fans call him, while he refuses to impose social distancing rules to curb the spread of the COVID-19 pandemic. He recently allowed mass cycle rides to go ahead in a reckless celebration of World Health Day. Still, public places are fumigated with Uzilic, an herb Mr. Bernie Mukhamadov believes protects people against infectious diseases. His government claims the country has had no cases of the virus. This week, a World Health Organization mission will visit Turkmenistan to provide support on COVID-19 preparedness. If that prompts a change in policy, it may be shutting the stable door after the horse has bolted. Swords into plowshares. Military spending. Armed forces across the world have been put to work in recent months, building hospitals, patrolling streets and ferrying supplies in response to COVID-19. Just as well since over $1.9 trillion was lavished on them globally in 2019, according to a report published today by the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute, a think tank. That is the highest level in real terms measured in 2018 dollars since the end of the Cold War. America remains the highest spender, spurging $732 billion more than the next 10 countries combined, and almost three times as much as China in second place, though using exchange rates adjusted for purchasing power narrows that gap considerably. With India, Russia and Saudi Arabia, they make up the top five. But as oil prices slump and the world's economy collapses, guns look set to turn to butter. South Korea and Thailand have already pruned defence budgets for next year. Others are sure to follow. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Herbert Spencer, who was born on this day in 1820. The great aim of education is not knowledge, but action. 
That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.